Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. Well, that's going to set up this message really, really well. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So today I'm going to preach, teach a message called, How Do I Find a Good Church? How do I find a church? Um, I, I've not really had this problem because I've been in this church almost my whole life. So uh, my dad and mom co- or founded this church um, originally, of course, and then of course in 2018 we merged with North Point, but you know, t- they're both the same churches, you know, and, and so one community is just made up of that. But um, I've always had a good church and I've never known what it was like not to have a church family, Courtney, as you just alluded to, and the importance of a church family is like humongous and uh, highly recommend it. But I've realized through pastoring and then people that moved, I alluded to Simon and Megan a moment ago, they luckily have found a, a good church home there and, and some good things are happening and he and I unpacked that a lot the other day on the phone. But a lot of times we have people move and you know, uh, corporate world or otherwise that move here to work and then they end up moving somewhere else or you name it, it happens. Um, but they move to another town and they have a really, really hard time finding a church. And um, that's not an easy feat, you know, at, at, uh, especially if you've come to, or ever attended a church like this one and you've, you've got a taste of a good church, it's hard sometimes to find another one. And so what I want to do through the, this avenue here in the room and through the avenue of our online, I want to just kind of help you unpack that. And then next weekend, I want to show you what an unhealthy church looks like. And we're going to talk about, the, the title of that message will be When to Leave, When It's Time to Leave a Church. So these are weird titles and weird subjects, and I don't know too many pastors that preach on this stuff, but this, is, this was my assignment, and I don't know that I liked it, but I'm going to do it, okay? So here we go. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, we'll get there in just a moment. What is the gauge, and what is, what is biblical when it comes to a church? To me, the Bible is the standard, so it's not my bias or my opinion, it's the Bible. How do I find a biblical sound church? And that's my assignment today. And I kind of want to unpack that with you. And I think the answers are found in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Now, this is the early church after Jesus, the first century church. And to me, they modeled what a church should look like. Starting in verse 42, and I'm reading from the NIV. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I want you to notice that. Highlight the apostles' teaching. So in other words, there was order to what they were doing. There was not disorder. They were not making up stuff. They were not shooting from the hill. They were not going rogue. They came up under an umbrella of authority and good sound doctrine, biblical doctrine, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So in the early church, we see signs and wonders were performed by the apostles. Notice that they were filled with awe. So that meant there were things happening that were unexplainable. Just like with the testimony we gave of Brother Loy a moment ago, who was healed, we stand in awe of that. That's not normal. That's abnormal, right? That don't just happen. People get healed when there's signs and evidence of heart blockage, and then they go in and there's no blockage. That is a miracle. So that's a sign and a wonder, right? I'll also say, if you follow this, notice they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I believe the biblical model is for church is what we do. We come in and there's worship, there's greeting, there's an offering being taken, and then also we go into the preaching and teaching of the word. I believe signs, wonders, and miracles follow the preaching and teaching of the word of God. So when we see miracles, signs, and wonders, it typically follows preaching and teaching. Does that make sense? All believers were together. Everybody say together. And they had everything in common. So there was unity among the church. When there's unity in a church, it is beautiful. When there's disunity, it is horrible. And you can feel it. You can feel it from the platform. You can feel it from the congregation. Uh, You'll start asking questions and things like, what's going on? Church is kind of weird. It's kind of funny. I don't know what's going on. Because there's disunity there. And you can feel it. Like somebody's out of sorts. Something's going on. And that's why I'm a firm believer on checking yourself before you walk in here. Say, God, is there anything in me? Is there any kind of resentment? Is there anything that would be a barrier between me and you? Is there offense? Is there unforgiveness towards someone? Because all of that plays a part in worship. It all, it all comes together. And so if there's disunity there, this thing's going down like a one, this thing's going down like a one wing guinea. It's going to go down like that drone if it malfunction. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <clears throat> all right? So there needs to be unity. Everybody say unity. <clears throat> now, it was verse 45. They sold their property <clears throat> and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. What that means is they were not selfish, and they looked after each other. I think a true, good, healthy church is a church, Courtney and Jason, that look after each other. And you alluded to that. Like, if you're sick, if something's going on, then a good church family is going to be there. I was talking to somebody, um, you know, we have Louisiana ties, Alicia's from North Louisiana, and we know people in North Louisiana. I was talking to a friend in Ruston this week, and they were telling me, uh, their church in Ruston, they call their groups, community groups of all things, and um, her, her, their refrigerator went out. And the people in their community group heard their refrigerator went out, and they started bringing food to their house and started bringing all their frozen food out of their refrigerator and putting it in, the, in their deep freezes so it wouldn't ruin. And, and they, they just casually mentioned their refrigerator went out, and before they knew it, there was three people saying, hey, we're coming over we're going to start helping and, and, and you know, doing what we need to do to help you because your refrigerator's out until you get a new one. That's what we do. That's the body of Christ. We help each other. Can I hear an amen? Where were we at? What verse? I heard 43 and 45. Okay. 
Verse 45, they sold properties and possessions to give anyone who had a need. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. Everybody say, praise God. With glad and sincere hearts. Notice not grumpy hearts. Notice they were not mad and slandering anybody. They came together to eat with with sincerity. Everybody say sincerity. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now you'll hear this a lot in these next two messages. A healthy church will be a growing church. Not just in number, but in people. I want to build people. That's my goal. That's my assignment. That's what I'm called to do. I want to build people. And I want a tough church because I think where this thing is heading, um, I think that persecution is going to ramp up to levels we've not seen. And if we're not tough, if we're not mentally, spiritually tough, we will not be able to handle what is coming. Okay? Um, And closer we get to the rapture and the tribulation, which I believe will be raptured up before the tribulation, but I believe we will see persecution. And I think we've already started that journey and COVID accelerated that. Um, Notice during COVID, during COVID, the the thing that, that aggravated me through COVID was I get protecting people and all that kind of stuff. But what really vexed me was the fact that they're opening up bars, liquor stores, marijuana dispensaries, abortion clinics, but they're telling the church to stay home. I got a problem with that because the church is the solution for all of that. Amen? So let's pray real quick. Father, bless this. Let it not be me. Let it be you. And Lord, you gave me these notes, but Lord, I pray you give me things off my notes and you've already started. So Lord, I pray you would do that today as we open the bread of life and and we just kind of unpack Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. God, be with us, anoint us, use us, let it be you, and let us put on those spiritual ears to hear in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Right now in church, there is an apostasy, meaning people are turning from their faith, and they're turning, they're turning to not attending church. Now, again, we saw this during COVID. Do you know that the smaller churches have still not recovered from COVID? And Brother Abels is saying that. He, he, he knows that. Part of a denomination, he knows that. That some of the rural churches are closing their doors and have closed their doors because people never come back. And so we're seeing people turning away from forsake, they're forsaking what Hebrews says, the assembling of yourself together, and even more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So we're seeing that. The Bible says in the last days that even the elect would turn away and be deceived. And that's happening. What are the qualities that you're looking for? First of all, there is, and you've got to get this, because if you don't get this, you're not going to get any of it. Write this down. There is no such thing as a perfect church. It's just not possible this side of heaven. Now think about heaven, man. Heaven's going to be the perfect church. You talk about awesome. I cannot wait. And there is no such thing, though, as a perfect church. Every church has its holes. Every church has its, has its weaknesses, this one included, okay? We're, we're aware of a lot of our weaknesses. We're always trying to correct where we're weak. 
Uh, we're trying to fill holes. We're trying to do things. We're trying to be better. Uh, we're learning as we go. I mean, for me, the last five years has been nothing but learning, man. I feel like I've gotten, gotten an education. Uh, so we're learning. We're not the best at it, but we're learning at what we do, and we have a desire to learn to do better. Is that right? And so we want to be good at, at what we do, and we want to be good stewards of it. The last thing I want to do today as I preach this message is to be critical. I don't want to be critical, and I am not the theology police, and I am not the church police, and neither are you, okay? So before we get to our main points, let me give you some pre-points before we get to the main points. Number one, as you're looking for a church, how to find a good church, you should always, number one, seek God's direction. You should always seek God's direction. You should do this carefully, prayerfully, and not impulsively. Let me say that again. Carefully, prayerfully, and not impulsively. I believe if you're going to make a life decision like where your family should attend church, you should pray and fast. Because fasting shows the Lord, this is an important decision for me. And I want to make a good, sound decision. Can I hear an amen or something? I think that you should pray and fast. Now, um, I would say that needs to be over a period of time. I think you should come visit a church. I don't think you should visit forever. I think at some point you have to plug in. Okay? But you should visit. You should do your due diligence. You should do your homework. You should make sure this is where you want to go. And I think you should go through a cycle of days and weeks to make that decision. Why? Because you're cycling through your emotions. So you're not going to make an impulsive or an emotional decision when it comes time to choose a church. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Especially, and I would say that because, and I would say it's even more so if you're coming from a place of hurt. So if you've been hurt at another church and you're going to go find another church. I don't know if you know it or not, but you're bringing your hurt with you. And unfortunately for us, we got to help you unpack that. And it is not always fun. And so you bring your problems with you. And that's why I'm going to talk in a moment and really talk next week about the proper way to leave a church. Because if you don't do it properly, you just bring all that junk with you. Okay? And so that is very, very important. Uh, I would say this, when you're visiting a church, whether it be this one or another church or whatever, as you're looking for a church, uh, remember this, a pastor can have an off day. Okay? Uh, sometimes what we do, um, you're always going to get something out of it, but some days are just blue collar, put your head down, and establish foundation. It's just, you're just establishing stuff, Okay? It's not always dynamic, and I don't always feel goosebumps and get slain in the spirit and get healed and all this stuff. We believe in that, but every Sunday's not like that. There are some Sundays that you're just going through, you're plowing through things, you're establishing things, but you're always accomplishing something. And sometimes it's not just in this room, sometimes it's in the spirit. Can I hear an amen? I think I might have it too warm in here because y'all are going. Everybody say, wake up, flesh. I'm going to say it again. Wake up, flesh. Not only can a pastor have an off day, teams can have an off day. So maybe the person at the door wasn't as friendly as you'd like for them to be. Maybe they're having a bad situation at home. 
Maybe they didn't get enough sleep. That's their bad. Right? Um, maybe the, the children's worker was not the politest, or maybe they weren't just all together that day. People can have an off day. And I would say be patient and loving and always honoring. All right. Sadly, too many people impulsively leave church or leave churches, I might say, that God wanted them to be at, and they left too prematurely because it was an impulsive, emotional decision. Proverbs 3, in all your ways acknowledge me, and I will direct your path, is what God says. Here's number two. When you're looking for a good church, don't make it about you. When you're looking for a good church, don't make it just about you. Something that is very hard to do, and pastor, and church, really, just churches today, culture today. Um, what is hard for us, and, and it really puts us at a disadvantage, is we live in a very consumer society. So it's, it's what can you do for me? And it's, it's all about my food didn't get here on time, the lights weren't just right, the sound was too loud or not loud enough, or it was cold or it was hot, or we, we base all it because we have a consumer mentality. Because we go to a restaurant and we can complain, we can be critical, all of those things. And that stuff bleeds over into church. And so we put that same expectation on churches. And church is not Chick-fil-A. Okay, It's not your whatever restaurant that you think does such good service. I think when we come to a church, it's not about necessarily... It, it is some, to some degree, and I'm going to talk about that. But it's not just about you. It's not just about what you, you're getting what you need. Number one is, is this where God wants me? And number two, how can I serve this community of believers? Not be served, how can I serve? Okay, and if you'll come with that heart, oh my goodness, God will honor that. Can I hear a good amen? amen. So as you're talking about your family, you need to, um, if you have children and you have a spouse, that is a decision that you as a family should make together. Okay, so you bring, you bring your family together. Now, I will say this. I think kids have buy-in. Kids should have buy-in. But I think it is your responsibility as a parent to make the final decision. Okay, your kids don't make that decision. You make that decision. Okay, I will say this. Um, I see this a lot. I've heard this a lot, actually, and seen it. But people will say, well, my kids really do good at this church now, my wife and I, we don't really get anything out of it, but that's where the kids want to go. We're not necessarily being fed. Well, what I would say to that is, what the kids need most is for mom and dad to be healthy spiritually. Okay? And if mom and dad are not healthy spiritually, all kinds of things can start happening. The marriage can start failing, you name it. Now, would you, rather, you think your kids would rather have mom and dad together or have a good church? Or, or let me say it like this, they don't, them little boogers don't always know about the spiritual part of that. That's your job. They just know my buddies go there and that's where I want to go. So you as a parent have to make the decision spiritually, where are we going? Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Growing spiritually is the big deal. Okay. It's not growing in social events or fun, although that can be a byproduct of church. That's not the reason we go to church. Can I hear an amen? We go to church to grow spiritually in our faith. Number three, follow your peace. Follow your peace. The Holy Spirit will give you peace, 
And you will know when you get there if you're in the right church and where God wants you to plant your family. Now, let me give you the biblical blueprint of a healthy church. And again, next week, I'll talk about unhealthy and when you should leave a church. Number one. Is everybody good? Everybody ready? Everybody awake? All right, let's do this and we'll get done, okay? Number one. This is the biblical blueprint of a healthy church. Number one. A good church is devoted to sound doctrine and teaching. A good church is devoted to sound doctrine and teaching. Sound biblical doctrine is never up for negotiation. Is never up for negotiation. If there is an absence of sound biblical doctrine and teaching, run, forest, run. For doctrine that are non-negotiable, why? Why are these non-negotiable, Pastor Jay? Because they are the core teaching and doctrine of the early church, of the early disciples in the book of Acts. Here they are. Number one, salvation. Salvation. It is non-negotiable. We have to be saved and be born again. Now, we also would couple with this point water baptism. So once you have accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you're on your way to heaven but you should follow with a public example of water baptism. Can I hear a? Number two, these are core teachings of the apostles. And the sad thing is not everybody would agree with these four, especially the two in the middle. They would agree with the first one. They'll agree with the last one. Not everybody agrees with the next two that I'm about to give you. But but it is the core doctrine of the early church. Here's number two, healing. Healing. Divine healing was the core teaching of the early church. Number three, baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It happened all through the book of Acts. They laid hands, they got saved, they laid hands on them, they were baptized in water, and they spoke in other tongues. Read the book of Acts if you do not believe me. This was a sign, uh, a core sign of the early church and their doctrine, doctrinal beliefs. Number four, the second coming of Jesus. It's all through the book of Acts and the New Testament. They were looking for the second return of Christ. The early church, everything revolved around those four pillars. When it comes to the behavior, modeling, etc., it should look like the early church in the book of Acts. Acts is the blueprint for what a church should look like. Can I hear an amen? A healthy church never puts more emphasis on anything but the Word of God. That should be emphasized more than anything else inside of a church is this book right here. Come on, church. Can I get a hand clap? Give the Lord a hand clap. Not me. Give the Lord a hand clap. So... I hear all kinds of reasons. I, we do a membership class. Uh, if you're watching online, we do a membership class here at One Community. It's called Next Steps. I've had people go through Next Steps, and I've heard all kinds of reasons of what people or why people are leaving church or what they're looking for in a church. And let me give you some of the reasons. None of these reasons are wrong. None of them are wrong. They're all good reasons. But let me go over some, and then I want to make a statement. I hear all kinds of things. I would say the number one answer I hear is kids and youth. We want, we want a good kids program. We want something for the youth. I get it. I get it. That's a great thing, not a bad thing, okay? I think we have a great community kids program here. I think we're trying to make it better. I also think we have a great Unite Students program here, and we are working to make that even better. And I think last year was a very, very good year for Unite Students. Come on, give the Lord a hand. 
Uh, I hear worship. We want um, modern, contemporary worship. I also hear, uh, we like hymns. Can y'all sing hymns? Well, we do hymns every once in a while, but that's not what we do here. Okay? You come over to Cornerstone on Sunday night, you'll hear some hymns. Okay? I've heard people say, we like communion every week. Well, we don't do communion every week. Okay? I've heard, uh, we like dynamic preaching. Or I've heard marriage and family. Uh, Here's another big one that I've heard a lot, outreach. We want outreach, community outreach. But the number one thing that you are looking for is none of those things. The number one thing you're looking for when you're looking for a church is good, biblical, sound doctrine from the pulpit and from the discipleship methods in that church. Can I hear an amen? That is the number one thing. Okay? All that other secondary, it is important, but it is not the main thing. Here's number two. A good church is devoted to fellowship. You read it in the book of Acts. A good church is devoted to fellowship. I used to call it the WWF. Worship, word, and fellowship. Worship, word, and fellowship. Everybody say that with me because you're sleepy. Worship, word, and fellowship. Those are big deals. Everybody say big deals. Sharing meals together, building relationships, doing life together, and you just heard it stand right here. And put up that slide, guys. This happens in community groups, and it's happening here in a few weeks. It's called community groups. Community groups. There it is. Right there. Look, what's what's that say? Better. Well, what's that say? Better together. This is where WWF happens. This is where Jerry Lawson hits the back rope and does a power slam. This is where it happens. Everybody say WWF. This is where it happens. Worship. Say it again. Worship. Word and fellowship. This is what happens. This is the sign of a healthy church, sharing meals together, building relationships, doing life together. Fellowship in the Greek means holding something in common, and it's used 20 times in the New Testament alone. 20. Everybody say 20. Fellowship is Christians who share the same beliefs, same convictions, and same behaviors. Notice behaviors. So if we have bad behaviors, then everybody's going to, that's going to rub off on everybody. That's why we have to have good behaviors, good modeling. Okay? That's where biblical unity comes from. We live out of the same book, and we agree, and we have that thing in common. So it doesn't matter if we have necessarily life things in common, although that's part of it. But all of us have something in common, and it's called this book right here. We are Christians and we are believers. Can I hear another big amen? Because I'm getting excited and I'm really thinking about running down that aisle right there. Number three, a good church is devoted to prayer. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 is a reference for that. A good church is devoted to prayer. Charles Spurgeon in the 1800s, I don't know if you ever heard his name, but he pastored for 40 years and he was very, very successful and we still quote him today. Uh, he, was, he, he was known, his church was known to be crazy successful. People were always asking him, what is the secret to y'all's success? And so one day after service, people were asking him, you know, that question. And he said, well, that's a good question. He said, follow me. Dave, follow me. 
So, the cameraman. So, he took them down into the basement of the church. And he walked them through the hall. And there was this door with a window in it. And inside that room was 30 to 40 people in intercessory prayer. And he said, I don't want to disturb them, so we're not going to open the door. But he said, look in that window, and you will discover the secret to the success of this church. It was people interceding and praying around the clock. People that were praying. I want to say to our one community family, we have a deficit with this. And we need more of this. We need intercessors praying for our church. You don't have to have specific needs, but you need to be praying and interceding for our church constantly. Some of you have this gift, and I need you to use it. I need you to exercise the gift of intercessory prayer. It is what makes this church happen. It makes or breaks this church. We've encountered spiritual warfare the entire five years I've been here like nothing I've ever known or seen. My family has faced it. We have been under it. It's like a dark cloud comes over. The enemy is trying to stop this church every way he can. And the only thing that will break that stuff is intercession. And we need intercessors praying all the time for our church. We need protection. Because what what is this church doing? This church is pushing back evil. Well, you think the devil likes that? Not at all. He doesn't like what's going on. So he's pushing back. And we, how we push back is through the avenue of prayer. And we need intercessors and all to hear. Uh, amen. amen. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Everybody say a good church prayer. is a praying church. A church that is a stranger to prayer will always be a church that is a stranger to the power of God. That is not only for a church, but that is for your personal life as well. There is no shortcut to the anointing and the power of God. There, and this is another good sign of a healthy church. A good healthy church will have altar calls. And a good church, healthy church will have time for prayer and an opportunity for people to be healed, saved, and set free. Prayer is the most undervalued privilege, not only available to a church, but to believers. So if you're looking for a church, look for a church that is a praying church. A pastor must be a man or woman of prayer. Let me ask you, have you ever heard your pastor pray? Now I'm talking to that camera too. So if you're looking for a church, that's a big deal. Many people hear their pastor preach and teach but they never hear their pastor pray. That is a big, big deal. And for you guys that attend here, the answer is yes all day long. That's what I do. Pray. Okay? Number four. Everybody with me? Okay. A good church is devoted to worship. Acts 2, 46. They worship together every day. I have been asked to preach other places and I get a lot of opportunities, and to be honest, I turn them down. I get a lot of opportunities to preach other places. Uh, recently, I was asked to preach in Texas and, and different things, and I turn them down. They get mad at me. Not, not really. A lot of them are friends, but, but I get asked to go places, but I just don't and, uh, because I like to devote myself right here. I don't want to be pulled in a lot of directions. Now, that doesn't mean I'll never will or don't want at times, but um, I'll, I'll tell you, be honest with you, not that... Any of these churches would be great churches, and I wouldn't think this would be the issue there. But you guys spoil me. Now, today you're a little sleepy. <laughs> but most of the time, you're agging me on. This is a good place to preach. In fact, 
when other ministers, guest ministers come here, that's, that's their number one comment when we get into the offices. Man, them folks are easy to preach to. And I'm like, yeah, I was trying to tell you. Like, they'll pull it out of you. And you guys do a good job at that, and I commend you for that. But I have preached places, and I can study, I can pray, and I can be fired up. But if the worship team is not anointed, I lose it. I am dead and flat. Okay? Why? Because they're singing about themselves. They're singing about their trials. They're singing about their problems. They're driven by their emotions. Their only concern is, do I have the mic and is everybody looking at me? That is a recipe for disaster. That's what that is. Worship should focus on God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and it should be joyful and with thanksgiving and praise. It should be lifted up. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, and I will enter his courts with praise. Come on, church. That's why we do so many hand claps. Worship should be top-heavy on praise and thanksgiving. Okay? Now, there is a time in worship for lamenting. That's why we even have a book in the Bible called Lamentations. So some worship is, is sorrowful. Okay? Even last week we sung the song, I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry. What is that? That's lamenting. I'm sorry for my actions. So there's some times in worship where we need that. Can I hear a big amen? amen. I want to just take this time, and I'm not doing this because she's my wife. I'm doing this because I truly mean it. I have never one time questioned her heart or her sincerity, Pastor Alicia, not once. Is it perfect? No. Does it have issues? Yes. But is she constantly praying and asking God? But the thing I've never questioned or she's never wavered in, God, is this about you? And if this is about us, we need to get off this platform. And she is a stickler to that. And she believes in that. And I am thankful for our worship pastor. Can we give her a hand? Come on. Amen. Number five, a good church is devoted to discipleship. You can tell when a church is healthy because there's an emphasis on discipleship. There's an emphasis on discipleship. Uh, Media Booth, do we have 2 Timothy chapter 2? I want to read this verse. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Do we have the next verse? Verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrusted. Now, really, if you've got a highlighter, highlight this. Entrusted to flaky, undependable people. Okay, my contacts are a little messed up. What does that say? Oh, that's better. It's over here. It's bigger. Reliable people. Watch this. Entrusted to what kind of people? Reliable people who will also be, what's that word? Unqualified? Come on, everybody shout it out. What's that word? Qualified to do what? To teach others. Everybody say, that's a big deal. The truth of the Bible should be taught by trustworthy people. Jesus said, go make disciples. That is not negotiable. It promotes growth. Here's number six. Write it down. A good church is devoted to integrity. Everybody shout out integrity. 
Integrity and leadership, not perfect people, but integrity. Everybody say integrity. That is not just the pastor, but that is every person in a leadership position. So if I was looking for, if Alicia and I were looking for a church, this is one of the things we'd be looking for. Integrity and leadership. Integrity. Everybody say integrity. Now, when we talk about leadership, if you're on this platform, you're in leadership. Notice I said platform. We don't call this a stage. We don't perform here. This is a platform. A platform that is an honor to stand on. And if I'm going to stand here, I'm going to be a person of integrity. Utmost integrity. Okay? Not a perfect person. Not a person who's going through things. Everybody goes through that. We're human. But I am a growing believer that is teachable and humble. Just because you can sing or you have talent does not mean you have integrity. The platform, our leadership in the church, is not a place for carnality, and I will die on this mountain. This is a mountain that your pastor will die on. This leadership and all of that, we have to be people of integrity. Not carnal, not gossiping, not backbiting, not dishonest, not crooked, no integrity. Again, I am not the church police. I don't know everything about people and their private lives and things happen and we miss things. And sometimes there's things happening behind the scenes that other people don't know. And so we work with people. We want to help people. We want to grow people. But when you put somebody prematurely in a place of leadership, it is destructive for a church. Now, we want people who are messed up and need Jesus. Sinners are welcome here all day long. Okay? People come in, they have issues, they have problems, all of those things. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about integrity and leadership. The Bible says to know those you labor among. Carnal-minded people in leadership will ruin a church. You do not run a church like you run a business. It takes spiritual people doing spiritual-minded things with integrity. You must have a committed life. Character is a big deal. Churches go through battles they shouldn't have to because of the lack of integrity. If you want the presence of God, integrity is a big, big deal. Here's, number, uh, here's the next one. Which one am I on? Number six? Number seven. Okay. I've got off in my notes. Here's the next one. Integrity and finances. It's a big deal. Here at One Community, we have uh, integrity. We have steps of integrity in the finances. We have systems for everything, and it is checked by several people's eyes. Why do we do that? Because of integrity. Everybody shout it out again, integrity. We pay our bills. I know of churches that don't pay their bills. In fact, I heard a church the other day that owed the local florist $20,000, and they did not have the money in the budget to pay it. Here's the, here's the next one. A good church is devoted to the Great Commission. Every healthy church is devoted to sharing the gospel locally and globally. If every dollar is local, you're in trouble. The Jesus said, go ye therefore into all the world. I want to tell you, you're in a church that supports global missions. In the last few months, we have given $4,000 alone to Israel and the relief effort there. And this year, we plan to do more of that. Uh, we are also planning to do an, a worship initiative in the, in, in the nation of Turkey. Uh, there are things that we're doing. Last year alone, this church gave 
right at $60,000 to help people all over the world. Can we give God a big hand clap of praise? Every Christian and church should be devoted to soul winning. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. So I close with this. Miss Marianne, if you would come, we will close this service out and get ready for Snowmageddon. All right, let's do it. Come on, Miss Marianne, if you would come. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. And did y'all get anything out of this today? Did you learn anything? Does that help anybody? Let me ask you, do y'all think that would help a lot of folks? I think so. I really do. And, And you know, to nobody's fault, it's not their fault. People don't teach this stuff. And, and, you know, the thing that I know is, is everybody's not going to stick here, and some people don't stick for long or whatever the case may be. And so whatever opportunity I have you, I want to pastor you. I want to teach you. Um, my goal is, is that whoever your next pastor is, whether you leave here or it's here, my goal, and I'm not going anywhere, so nobody freak out. I'll get 10,000 phone calls. Please don't leave. No. No, I'm not going anywhere, okay? I don't, pl- I don't plan to unless the Lord says so. But I will tell you this. If I am not your pastor or you go somewhere else to be pastor, my goal, what I really want, this is my aim. I don't know if it's selfish or what, but I want the next pastor that pastors you to go, man, that last guy, I mean, I'm getting like, I'm getting, like first draft picks right here, man. Like these are first class, first, I mean, you know, they go through the, if you had a Christian draft, or a transfer portal, all the pastors would be like, I want them. Because you're solid people. You got a good foundation under you. You know what you, you know what the word of God says and, and you act on it. And you're not just a hearer, as James says, you're a doer of it. We're not just up here fluffing and talking and being social. Like we're teaching you something. We're building you up and you're strong and powerful in his might. Can I hear an amen? So I close like this. Do you know Jesus? If you're here in this building, if you're watching online, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? We never know who's watching. Last year we had 24,000 views alone on our YouTube channel. That does not include our audio podcast. So there's always somebody listening. So I never want to close a service without giving you an opportunity. So before before you make a decision about a church, you make a decision to follow Christ. And when you follow Christ, you're going to want to follow him into a church. And you want to plug in and be a part of the lifeblood of that church. So do you know Christ? Do you have a place in your life? Do you remember a time when you accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? When you repented of sin? I want to just pray today because this is what I feel as I close out this service. And a lot of times what we do is we kind of close out online and then we close here. And Pastor Daniel does all of that. But I just want to say to my YouTube audience and to here before we close, I feel in my spirit, and I felt this a moment ago, I touched on something and I was like, whoa, there's something right there. And I want to touch on that. I believe today in my spirit that somebody here is, has been dealing with church hurt. That there's a hurt, there's something, and, and the truth is it could happen here. It could happen anywhere. That's just part of church, man. And you, you can't be thin-skinned. But things happen in church, and that's not an excuse for anybody to hurt you. But I'm just saying, some people get hurt in church. And if you've been hurt in church, I want to pray for you real quick. Can we do that? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you right now that you're healing church hurt. Somebody's watching today, and they, they come across this title, maybe. And they were like, hey, I'm going to watch this. This sounds intriguing. Father, I pray that they would find a church again. 
God, they were hurt somewhere. And that, God, they would open up their hearts and their minds, and they got to open up. They can't be tight-fisted. And, God, they would find the place that you have for them. God, if there's somebody watching that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray they would accept you. And it's easy, as easy as saying this, Lord Jesus, come on, everybody say it. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I recognize I'm a, sin, I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you that you've come into my heart, you come into my life, and you make me a new person in Christ Jesus. And that just happened right now. Can we give those a hand? Come on, can we give them a hand? It's a big deal, and it's happening. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.